Fidelity, a conversational show about the work of design. I'm joined, as always, by my friend and uh, uh, constant enabler, John <laughs> Rundle. <laughs> John Rundle. What am I enabling? Here, John. What am I enabling now? Well, you know, months ago, you were convincing me to buy an Apple Watch Ultra. <laughs> yeah. So I went into the store, like you you recommended. You're like, uh-huh. yeah, you got to try it out in person, right? Yeah. You got to see it. Yeah. Um, and I just, just fell in love with this damn thing. Like, <laughs> the price tag no longer mattered, right? Right. I <laughs> was know. Just looking at the thing. Problem. But I um, I stopped myself. You know, I'm I'm proud of myself. Like, nice. it, it was difficult. I walked away from it. Uh, so I bought a HomePod Mini instead. <laughs> but, <laughs> but in any case, you have, um, lot, you have more self control than I do. Well, maybe not. Like I, I think eventually <laughs> I'm going to get it. So I've got this. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen it, but I have this uh, Apple Space Gray Link bracelet. Oh it, yeah, it's, it's a really classic, like uh, stainless steel yeah. bracelet. I'm not sure if they how they coded it, but um, it's a beautiful bracelet. But it just doesn't jive with the titanium because. Yeah. The yeah. Apple Watch Ultra is only titanium, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm waiting. I'm gonna That's wait. If, if they could do a space gray Apple Watch Ultra, man, that'd be sweet. Charge me two thousand dollars. I'll take it, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, that'd be sweet. Yeah. How's or, yours holding up? Yeah, mine's mine's awesome. I still I love it. Yeah. Like it's the battery life is a big game changer. Um, I like the size of it. I like the bigger screen and mm. I, I, I think we I think we talked about this before, but I find that because of the extra bulk and the fact that it has more physical buttons and stuff, like it has a little bit more of a true watch appearance. Um like it's still a it's still a giant screen on your wrist. Yeah. <laughs> that you can't get away <laughs> from. But I find that the other ones, like while they look really nice, they they've gotten to the point where it truly is just like the screen and nothing else they like mm-hmm. look like whereas the the ultra because it's got the extra stuff it almost looks like more than just the screen mm-hmm. um and then it almost gives you this traditional watch vibe just like a little bit right. um right. and like it's enough for me that i like like that that differentiation of like having a bit of that the physicality to it no i never thought of it that way yeah so so the, thinking about like the flatness uh, and the hard edge of the ultra, like if they brought that hard, hard, flat edge to the um, the traditional Apple Watch, would you yeah. ever go back to that? You think potentially, but I mean, like there'd have to be some other benefits. Like this, at this point, the battery life would be enough that I'd still want to get the ultra. Like, wow, is that much of a difference, huh? Well, it's just because now I can actually truly use it to track sleep and stuff. Oh, um, right, yeah, yeah, because I can get away with like sleeping with it every night, and then when I go to take a shower in the morning, I just put it on the stand for a bit and get back like mm-hmm. 25%. Wow. And then I'm good again for the day, and I only have to probably charge it fully to 100% like once a week kind of thing. Yeah. Otherwise, that like throw it on the charger for the 15 minutes I'm getting ready is enough to get me through basically the majority of the week. Wow, that's um, wild, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't get through a day without charging at least twice and i'm a really right. heavy user right because yeah. i will go on cellular on my watch like oh, okay for hours a day and yeah. i guess that's the problem is that, that are would... you on cellular too no i don't i don't tend to use the cellular i do if i go golfing the app that i use that does all the like swing tracking and stuff uh definitely yeah. chews through the battery a bit more but it's still even i mean that's the other bonus too like on my old one when i would use that app and i'd go golfing i'd have to charge my watch basically when i got back from golfing <laughs> 
Um, with the ultra, it doesn't, it's fine. Like it loses like 20%, but otherwise it's like, it's mostly good to go. This is what I'm talking about. You're just, just enabling me again. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, now I can't wait. Next time you're in the Apple store, you got to just FaceTime me and then we know it'll happen. (laughs) Um, Hey, you were working on our website recently. I saw yeah. some some sick work, man. Um, oh, thanks. And using Framer Web, which yeah. is, I've never used it. So how are you finding it so far? Is it similar it's, to Webflow or better than Webflow? It's, I think it's better than Webflow. I, I mean, I haven't really used Webflow that much, to, to yeah. be fair. So I can't, I shouldn't like <laughs> totally say that. But I in the but I also haven't really used Framer Web at all. So like first impressions on both. I found Framer a lot quicker to get going and just kind of it fit more with my mental model for both. Like it does a really good job of like you understand what they're trying to do from a code perspective, like knowing front end development. Yeah, right. There's a lot of those little nitty nitty gritty details in some of the panels where you're like, oh, I know why they're I need to set this and what's gonna help for. Mm-hmm. Um, but then so much of it they try to align better to a true like design tool like Figma or Sketch. Whereas Webflow, I think like leans a bit harder into the exposing the web development side through mm. a visual layer. Mm-hmm. Um, that again, like if you have the front end developer knowledge, it's straightforward enough. But I do like that Framer taps into a bit more of the like traditional design tool piece yeah. um, a bit better. So, right, because I, yeah. I remember Webflow being a, a lot about like applying classes to things. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It it, it doesn't it doesn't quite lean as hard into like uh, design tool. Right. Um. Like it has elements of it, but like I found that right. Framer just went further that way. Okay, I, I gotta give it a try because I, I used Webflow before. I liked it. I really yeah. enjoyed it, and it's probably come a long way. Like I've yeah, probably I used yeah. It in I like mean, three years. So. Yeah, I mean, mine was a pretty limited. Um, time spent with so I can't give it a fair assessment but Framer definitely was nice and Framer's like UI design in inti- inside their tool is also amazing. Oh. Um like it sure. it looks better than um Figma. Like Oh yeah, sure. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's not hard, man. No, right? that's not that hard, I guess. That's true. But it's like yeah. it's more similar to sketch level in terms true. of it's it's kind of their their UI design is like top tier for sure. Oh, making me nostalgic, man. Um but in any case, uh, uh, let's get to the topic of today. I um, you know, I had a really interesting conversation with someone over the weekend, and um, yeah, I, I mean, I, it's weird. I talk about design on the weekend with with people. It's weird, <laughs> um, and like it really it. sent me down this rabbit hole. And I really thought that we should chat about it. We should like kind of yeah. go back and forth on this idea. So a friend of mine told me, and I'm going to quote her roughly. This is sort of a rough par- paraphrase that the design we do in tech companies cannot be taught it can only be demonstrated experienced and imitated and it's a striking quote and i think Mm -hmm. it just came out of a conversation we had around like boot camps there's so many like ux boot camps these days that try to teach design um and i think it might be super obvious but she's not in favor of these boot camps and um and i think like she was coming at it pretty hard i and i wasn't quite so convinced um it's not black and white for me. Like I think boot camps can be like an amazing start. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, UX boot camps in particular, and you know, if if it doesn't get you ready to work immediately, I think it can be a great way to connect with your instructors and get feedback from them in class. 
Um, and also try to figure out if design is something that you're you're actually interested in in doing mm-hmm. before you spend years toiling away at a job that you hate. Like, um, I, I don't know. Like, do you have any strong like hot takes on like the teachability of design, or maybe just an opinion on these like UX boot camps in general? Yeah, the thing that I started thinking about when you first mentioned this thought, and I hadn't really thought that much about it. Like, I've I've I've, I know you've been a bit more involved in like helping mentor and stuff through some different boot camp style mm-hmm. programs. I've done less of that, so I don't have as much exposure to them, but I definitely have enough. Um, but the thing that I think I got realizing that stuck out is the fact that the problem with working in the tech industry is that things move quickly, processes changes change, mm-hmm. the way we do things change a lot. Like we're talking about Framer Web. Um, but like it wasn't that long ago that Framer was truly like a prototyping tool and now it's like a yeah. full-blown uh, <laughs> website builder, um, just like a, a quick pivot there. Um, or like when we all switch from Sketch to Figma and, and like it, and it happens, it happens fast and um, those are like tool examples, but also just how we're building solutions and uh, what technologies we're building for is changing so rapidly that I think sometimes the boot camps are optimized on trying to just get you enough to land a job, but there's not an there's not enough time inherently in those to really get to the fundamentals of design that mm. I think provide more career longevity over all those changes. Right. Um and like I think the same argument applies a bit to traditional schooling in the sense that it's a lot of times even more out of touch. Like I do think like boot camps try to pride themselves in being a bit closer mm-hmm. to like current snapshot of tools and processes. Um and and like traditional schooling sometimes takes longer to get there, like the bigger institutions and stuff. Yeah. Um but the thing that they're doing though is they're spending more time giving you that fundamental base. Um and there's like traditional design element uh, knowledge to learn right that can apply for much longer than this like five-year period we're in currently right Mm -hmm. like yeah there are things that were taught 40 50 years ago that can still apply um you just have to shift the way that you're applying it um but boot camps i think miss that piece entirely yeah yeah that's true but you know what's what's the irony here is that neither of us have Formal traditional design uh, schooling true. experience, true. right? Like, yeah, <laughs> like like when we're talking about new tools like Framer Web, uh, it gets me excited. Like, you yeah. know, and I don't know about you, but most of my learning about a tool is like, uh, kids in bed. I'm up late at night. Mm. And I just want to. Mm-hmm. I want to build something yeah. for me. And yeah, that, that's how I learn, right? Same. And if that doesn't get you interested and doesn't get you excited, then it might be a bit of a, a warning sign, right? That you don't want to explore these types of things because yeah. I think that although it's just a tool, that's true. You need these tools to, to do the job yeah. and um, you, you have to have some base level, like, you know, interest in some of the tools, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other thing too, is that you said something interesting about um, the foundational things you'll learn in traditional education. And I, I want to like kind of delve into that a little bit because I do get some young students who ask me, like, should I just go, you know, out of high school directly into like these UX boot camps? Mm-hmm. And more and more, I'm realizing that actually might not be the right approach. Right. I feel like I so I went to school for English literature, 
and I learned to write papers about poems and um, you know, write essays and stuff like that and do do basic research. But those are all the things I do on the job, which is mm-hmm. a lots of written communication, lots of right. research and desk research mostly. I don't do big R research. And um I, I have to say that those foundational skills that I taught I was taught in university and especially in the first couple of years, they stayed with me. And yeah. I think you said something mm-hmm. similar about formal design in that like formal design education inlet, I guess you're talking about things like how to use a baseline grid, how to set type, um, how to think about contrast in, in visual design. Like, are those the mm-hmm. things you're talking about? Yeah, I mean, it could be that, but it also could be like, I didn't, I didn't do that either. Like my program that I did was really centered more around like a general, um, <clears throat> like introduction to a lot of tools and, and more focused on like web development and as well as like learning like kind of these different multimedium or multimedia uh, mediums like things right. like uh, learning a little bit of basic 3D uh, stuff, like a bit of photography, learning like the basics of tools like Photoshop and Illustrator. Um, less so on the like actual design aspects of using those tools, mm. but more just like this rounded out um, exposure to everything. Mm. Um, and then ultimately, like there was a fair amount of time spent on web development, so like front end web development, a little bit of back end. Um, yep. And we were doing like Flash at the time, so there was like action script work and stuff like that. Um, so I and I, and so like yeah, I for myself like I also don't have traditional design training in, in sense of like graphic design and learning some yep. of those like typography um, skills and things like that. Um, but I've also spent a lot of time now like working on that skill and getting better at it. Um, and I think like that ultimately what will make you successful in general is the desire to want to like keep refining your skill set. Exactly. Um, and I think yeah. that's possible even if you do a boot camp. Um, I just think like, I think people just need to be, I guess, real with themselves about what it is <laughs> that the boot camp is actually providing. Yes. Um, and it's really optimized for like, the quickest way possible to present yourself to potentially get a job. Yeah. Um, and it's a foot, it's potentially a foot in the door. And I know it has been for like a lot of people, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. to truly make a successful career in being, being in design, I think you then have to have the passion and desire to want to learn the actual foundational elements of how to design and, and all these other aspects that you like, you want to have that, you kind of need that drive to keep going beyond just getting your foot in the door. And I think the problem with the, like the fast, the fast pace, like it's, I mean, it fits into bootcamps kind of fit into our like um, society perspective these days where it's like, how can I do something in the short amount of time possible and make money? Right. right? Like it's the whole, like make money fast thing. Um, and ultimately it's kind of, that's what it's kind of optimized for. But you can take that and run with it. You can take it and like get started, but then also put in the work to like learn a lot more um, of those fundamentals. But if you're not willing to do that, then mm-hmm. I don't, I don't see someone coming out of a boot camp being successful for a long time. Yeah, and I, I've, I think I've met people who, I, I think, are what we're describing in terms of. I'm not interested in the tools after after going through a boot camp, right? And mm-hmm. I'm not interested in actually designing. 
but yeah. I'm more interested in like the problem solving aspect of it. And they, you know, some of them have turned out to be um, great product managers. So, yeah, you yeah. know, it, it's not For necessarily sure. like the end of the road. It's just, no, it's, no. I think it, it's an avenue of exploration, right? You're trying yeah. to rule out something, uh, especially if you're very young and just out of school, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, the foot in the door thing is interesting. I, I have also seen that. I think it's fantastic when it happens. Mm-hmm. But what I've noticed about and having taught a boot camp, and I'll get into that later. Um, having taught a boot camp, I know that um, uh, it's very possible to get a foot in the door because you're forming a relationship with uh, possibly more than just the instructor, but other people in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how you, uh, it's the foundation of networking in the design industry is, yeah, is starting sure. in these boot camps. Um, one thing I noticed about students in these boot camps is that the ones that are successful will use their instructors as the resource that they're meant to be. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of students, uh, especially if they're like, you know, 18, 19, coming out of high school, they're they're sitting at the back of the, the room and kind right. of goofing off, right? Yeah. And it is like everything else in life, I think what you put into it um, that matters. And the students that really work out well, the ones that sit in the front of class asking questions, they're being the super annoying students that have like a billion questions. And mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Love to see that, that interest, right? Yeah. Um, I want to talk about boot camps a little bit because I did end up teaching one. And um, I'm not sure if I told you about this, John, because I was like really taken aback when they gave me the curriculum. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to like take a complete shit on this institution, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a lot of lecturing. Mm-hmm. And for every like, I'd say like five lectures, there might be one thing that the students need to design. And maybe that was just that course, maybe because that's what they gave me, right? Right. Um, but if I had to design a program to teach students about design, specifically UI design so they can work in tech, I would reverse that where for every five projects that you need to build in the class and get feedback on, there's maybe one lecture. Right. And the reason why is that I think they're going to get much more value out of a short amount of time by doing more than just listening. So Mm -hmm. for example, like we had an entire lecture on material design, Mm -hmm. an important topic because it it is quite differentiated from um, um, the human interface guidelines. But I think they would have learned more by getting a quick 10 minute summary of material design and the differences uh, between that and and, and, and iOS, for example, and just building an example. And they're gonna get a real good handle on it. So. That could be a controversial topic, but how how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, there is like a lot of a lot of the design skill, um, especially UI design. I feel like um, yeah, that revolves around just like trial and error and trying things out and seeing what works or copying other designs to get a sense of how it was created. But that like hands on experience like teaches you a lot more. Um, it's interesting to think about it in the context of the boot camp because, like, I imagine, I imagine like one difficult part of that in terms of like bringing in different types of instructors to provide this knowledge is that if you rely really heavily on the students like doing the work, and then ideally, ideally, what they probably would learn the most from is like getting feedback from the instructors. Yes, um, that's right. And like, I mean. I know you, I know working with you, like you would be good at that. Like you'd be good at providing feedback to them in a way that would also be like teaching because you'd be able to like 
in in the feedback provide notes around like here's why this doesn't work and and like stuff like that and that's a great way to learn um i think one of the potential problems with that structure is depend it, it can be so largely dependent on the instructor that if that instructor doesn't have the skill set of good feedback, then right. them spending a bunch of time doing practical work and getting bad feedback might not be that great in the end. You know what That's I mean? True. Um, That's and so you're relying a lot on that. Whereas like providing a, a blueprint of a, a bunch of lectures um, is more, more of a fail safe for any type of instructor in a sense, like the, at least, you know, you're getting, you're going to give them all the same basic outcome. Yeah. Um, but it is missing the potential of like the practical work and, and getting proper feedback that would yeah. be that much more valuable. I think um, so. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I agree with you, but I, I can also see maybe where they're approaching it from. It could be exhausting for sure for the instructor. Yeah, and that too. It's a lot more additional work. So the, if yeah. the if the challenge for them is finding more instructors, um, yeah, then that isn't going to necessarily help. But <laughs> yeah, okay. L- l- I want to brainstorm a little bit, it's just really quickly here. Like, how would you teach someone design? Like, if that was your job, how would you teach them? Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's an I think there's a way that you could apply apply both of these approaches. Um, like boot camp, um, as well as maybe like more traditional education, um, because like ultimately, there is a lot of it that you don't. It doesn't need to take like multiple years necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is an element that is intriguing about a boot camp being like short and quick, and they are optimized on like what are some of the things that you need to get in the door on an interview. Um, which is mm-hmm. something that like I think uh, traditional schooling doesn't t- usually touch on a lot. So, true. Um, so I think there's there's a nice middle ground that would be, I think the most beneficial, like can we make this a eight-month process or something mm-hmm. or like just under a year or around a year? Um, and a lot of it is focused on teaching the fundamentals but then also getting very practical, giving a lot of like hands-on feedback um, and then getting them prepared for interviewing and and for the the, the skills that you need for interviewing, which is like a whole other skill set, <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, yeah. which is also important, and I think some of them do try to lean in on the interviewing piece, um, which isn't a bad thing. But mm-hmm. if it's at the if it's at the like detriment of the time spent teaching design, then like that's not great either. So that's where like I yeah. think you just need more time. Um, you need somewhere in between the sh- really short boot camp and the really long multi-year design education. Yeah, it, what you're, you're saying is reminding me of the one class I had. So I I did a, sort of a short boot camp type thing with uh, about graphic design in particular, and we had one class where we learned about resume design and yeah. how to interview, and it was like ninety minutes of of, of actual value. Like <laughs> right. I, I think my instructor taught it really well. But the best part was uh, at the last like 30 minutes, uh, we fired up InDesign and we laid out a grid for our resume and then we just built it on the spot. And I thought it was great. It was fantastic. It was nice. great watching my instructor yeah. actually use the tool and like I would see her flying through InDesign, throwing type on the screen so fast and yeah. uh, it was just impressive to see. But That's cool. good times there. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, I want to follow up on like, you know, how students should learn design. I think like, um, 
I was talking about the price of these UX boot camps. Substantial. They're not yeah, yeah. a small chunk of change. Like uh I, I remember remember my first car costing like five hundred dollars and thinking that was an amazing amount of money. And when I think about being at that age and having to to you know ask your parents or get a loan for like, I don't know, 10 grand to go to some kind of boot camp. Yeah. Um, it might be a year long, for example. Like that would be, I think, on the low end, actually. Right. Um, that's a, that's not trivial. Like, yeah. so. No, it's not. I oftentimes do talk to, to students who are either in um, finishing up high school or they're maybe in their first year of university and really thinking about like, well, how am I going to like transition into a career and maybe design is that career, but I can't afford to go to a boot camp. Mm-hmm. What do I do? Mm-hmm. Um, and frequently what I tell them is that you've got to find someone that you can meet with on a regular basis. Yeah. And there's people out there that will meet with you. Um, ADP list is a great resource that you can go to, to find, um, mentors that are willing to meet with you, hopefully on a regular basis. And I think that regularity is important. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I say is that like, um, as much as possible, if you care about this career path, you've got to be, um, um, what's the word for it? You, you've got to push yourself to yeah. create some self-guided projects and, and case studies. And hopefully, if you're meeting with a mentor who has some industry experience, they can give you sort of a light framework that you could use um, and, and that you agree on. And then do that work, bring it back, and get constant feedback. And I think mm-hmm. like that is exactly how you would learn on the job. I mean, yeah, in, in my first is. job, that's exactly how I learned. I did yep. some really ugly shit. And then my my mentor and my coworkers would give me a lot of great feedback and mm-hmm. do it again. Mm-hmm. And then you bring it, bring it back and, and then you repeat that cycle. Um, and then the one thing also that I just remembered is there's great value in studying design as well. And yeah. by studying, I don't mean like open a book and takes notes and stuff. I'm talking about like I I got on dribble and I just like copied the great shots until I understood why they designed it that way. Yeah. And then you kind of, put your own spin on it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, I know like, you know, if you go to any formal education, like your instructor is probably going to tell you like, Oh shit, you can't copy someone's intellectual property, which is true. And you, you shouldn't copy it and make it and say that it's your own work. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with copying something just to understand it. Right. Yeah, um, absolutely. So uh, those are my things. Like, yep. do you have anything to add to like talking to students mm-hmm. who like want to get into design, but like they can't afford the boot camps? Like what would you, what would you say to them? Yeah, I think I would say a lot of the same things that you said. Um, I think there's also like there's great online communities for that kind of thing now mm, that exist sure. more than they used to as well. Like even like Discord or Slack groups that are like focused on providing a space for people to like get feedback on their designs or mm. or ask questions. Um, like I think there's a lot more of that available, and that can be a lot easier if you're in a smaller city or something where there might not be people you can meet with. Um, in person. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's definitely an element you can add. There's like, I think there's good, like there's some good online, like even like YouTube series or like some of those courses that are maybe a bit more manageable that give you certain pieces of, of it. Like there's, there's more like, like they're less bootcamp focused. They're more like individual part of the skill set. <laughs> like yeah. I can think of like, what is it? Shift nudge. It's like very focused yes. on UI design. Um, right. I think it is actually still pretty pricey though. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I think there's more like, like reasonable chunk size courses that you could take that are like focused on different aspects of like icon design. And like you could build up your own 
boot camp in a sense by like yeah. adding uh, adding a few of those together and doing and doing a couple of them mm-hmm. um, as a way to also learn. One of the one of the challenges of doing well in in this industry is, I mean, ultimately the the people I think are the most successful are the ones who are really good self starters who exactly like just when there's when they don't have something given to them they look for an opportunity to to do something right like um we talk about that a lot right like managing up um yes is that's that's a part of like you you can look at what's needed and and figure out how to get there and and what questions you need to ask or what you need to just start working on um next and and that's a skill that you can start to teach yourself even when you're learning um it's just like what can i do to find the things that i need uh and if you're not I like maybe the hot take is if you're not cut out for doing that, then like there's an aspect of this job that may never like fully jive um, mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. Like it's almost yeah. better to figure that out then um, yeah. than to figure it out a few years into trying to do it. This is true. Full time. So, yeah. I, <laughs> so to our listeners, I promised John that we'd be done this recording in 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I lied to him. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, John. Um, so, <laughs> if you're a recent grad of uh, like a, a design bootcamp, or you've uh, just transitioned from being a student into working in product design, we'd love to know what has really helped you make that transition. So, let us know on Twitter, or you can probably find us on what, what is it? Posts. You're you're on posts, right, John? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah so we're, we're both on posts. And we'd love to hear uh, from you, especially if you've made that transition. Um, as always, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Happy Friday, John. Yeah, happy Friday. See you, man. See you. The Fidelity Podcast is hosted and produced by John Rundle and Bill Chung. Visual brand design by Amy Deborah. Rate, review, and subscribe to Fidelity on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts.